You're listening to the official Dietitian Connection podcast. This podcast gives you access to the most successful and influential experts in the dietetic profession. This podcast will inspire you, it will challenge you, and it will empower you to become a nutrition leader and realize your dreams. Hello to all of our listeners and welcome to another exciting episode of the Dietitian Connection podcast. I'm your host Kate Agnew and I'm about to be joined by Advanced Accredited Practicing Dietitian Melanie McGrice. Melanie is doing some amazing stuff. She's regularly invited to speak at conferences and consult to the media on a range of nutrition and dietary topics. She's also a board member for the Dietitians Association of Australia, and she was previously a spokesperson for 10 years. Melanie is the director of Nutrition Plus, which is a dietetic practice based in Melbourne, and she is also the author of The Pregnancy Weight Plan, and she's co-authored multiple articles and peer-reviewed journals. Welcome to the show, Melanie. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Kate. So I'm really excited to hear about all of the great work you're doing, and it's such a privilege to have you on the show today. So to kick us off, can you tell us a little bit about your role at Nutrition Plus and what it entails? Yeah, sure. Um, So I, I guess like most dietitians, I started off working um, part-time in a clinical role and then also part-time as a well first of all for other dietitians in their private practice um, and then went out on my own as a dietitian um, working as a sole trader uh, and after doing that for about a decade I decided that there would be actually a lot of benefit to working together as a group of dietitians um, as opposed to just working as a sole trader and so that's when I opened up uh, well, was called Health Kick and now it's called Nutrition Plus. I uh, needed to change the name partway through. And, um, and yeah, we rebranded and so forth. So, uh, so my role there now, I guess, is one of um, mainly managing my team. So I try to, um, try to teach the dietitians that I work with uh, how to be better dietitians and how to build their businesses um, and yeah, manage all the ins and outs of business on a day-to-day basis, um, doing things like payrolls and looking at the accounts and so forth, um, as well as providing professional development for my team. And Melanie, are there any key experiences that you've had throughout your journey so far that have informed your approach to providing dietetic services? Uh, yeah, there's probably quite a few actually. Uh, so I think one of the big ones though is that uh, like most dietitians, I have worked out of plenty of other doctors' offices over the years and I've, I've just, um, well, I guess I've always been disheartened by that experience uh, for a couple of reasons. One is that uh, I really put a lot of effort into building up my brand and the brand that I uh, or we try and uh, portray is one where we really provide a, a great service to our clients. And when I was practicing out of um, other doctors' rooms, they didn't always have that same philosophy. And so um, often I would find that the receptionists uh, there would 
um, sort of special, they give special treatment to doctor's patients um, and really uh, give my patients a bad experience. Um, and right, you know, from everything from asking my patients to sit outside or the fact that they really didn't have their rooms cleaned properly, um, I couldn't put up the marketing um, materials that I wanted to and things like that. So um, that was probably one of the key driving factors for me to open my own rooms. And I must say, I really think it's one of the best things that I've ever done. I love having my own rooms because... Um, we can offer offer an amazing service and to me an amazing service isn't just about the dietetic consultation but it's the whole service right from when somebody uh, googles our website to the greeting that they receive from our receptionist through to the equipment that we're able to use and provide Um, so yeah we can really provide a, a whole fantastic service the second thing that I was disheartened about Um, practicing from GPs or other specialist rooms is that they often promise the world and they'll say, oh, you know, we've got so many doctors working here and so you'll get loads of referrals. And um, and I've never found those promises to live up to to, to what they were saying really. Um, So I have a lot more control um, over my marketing and I've found that it means that um, I can get referrals in from a whole range of different doctors because I don't have um, some doctors feeling threatened by sending their clients to another doctor's rooms. That's interesting, Melanie. So following on from that, what do you think are the most important aspects for starting a dietetic business and then making it successful? In some ways, I still feel that I'm still learning um, and I guess I'm really passionate about learning uh, how to make a good dietetics business because um, I think as dietitians we're not taught a lot about business and so I think the more that I can learn, the more that I can share with other dietitians, it's going to be a key way that our profession really grows. So I guess some of the things that um, I think make a really important business is, um, is knowing how to sell your services um, is, I think, really important and knowing what your brand is. So, for example, it's you can't uh, bulk bill and pretend to be a premium brand, um, but then you can't be a premium brand and bulk bill, for example. So you need to work out who's my niche clients. Um, Am I trying to have a really high turnover of clients um, at at a a lower-cost type of service or am I trying to offer a real premium type of service? And my perspective, um, obviously it's difficult in some low socioeconomic areas, but I'd really like to see a lot more dietitians moving into the specialist premium um, areas of private practice because I think that's something that a lot of other health professionals can't do. So I sort of think that we should be leaving the lower socioeconomic status clients um, to seeing dietitians in the public system and in community health centres and so forth, um, and even to personal trainers and, and nutritionists, whereas we as the experts should be really seen as experts and we should be practising um, in areas that other people can't. So we should, be, we should have specialists consultancies in areas like type 1 diabetes and eating disorders and um, obstetrics and oncology and surgery and and areas like that and really be charging premium rates for it as well. 
That's a really interesting take on things, Melanie, and that leads me to another topic that I really wanted to discuss. So I know that you are really passionate about raising the profile of accredited practicing dietitians so that we are the first point of call for or dietary advice. So how do you think that we can achieve this um, within this profession? Ah, big question. <laughs> um, I, I think we need to really look at um, what we what we know about branding and marketing and so forth, and I think that the dietitian, sorry, the brand of dietitians um, probably has been a little bit tarnished over the last little while. Um, and I guess we're all pretty aware that there seems to be a lot of people saying, "Oh, well, we have a lot of competition against uh, nutritionists and personal trainers and so forth." Whereas I think that. Um, our brand as dietitians should be that we're the ones who individually tailor, we're the ones who uh, can do medical nutrition therapy, um, and we're evidence-based. And so to me, we I guess that's what I was just saying, we should be really pitching ourselves as the experts um, and working in those areas. Um, and then if we see some sort of just a, a, some of the more generic uh, weight management or healthy eating type of things on the side, then so be it. But I think if we really um, started working as specialists and charging a lot more and so forth, then uh, our, that would actually change our brand and we would be starting to really be seen as that. So an example of that would be if you look at any of the designer fashions, um, like your Louis Vuitton or um, Prada and so forth, they, uh, you'll notice that they never, ever have sales. Um, and, uh, you know, you see those brands as premium brands and even though essentially it's the same handbag as one that you might buy in Thailand, um, probably made from the same materials and so forth, it looks exactly the same, does a, has the same function, uh, still a lot of people will pay for that premium brand because they, they, want, you know, they want the best. And so to me, dietetics should be the same. Sure, anybody can go out and give a diet um, or give some dietary advice, but we should be standing up as the premium brand. And so to be a premium brand, we actually need to charge a lot more for our services. We actually need to have our own businesses so that we create a beautiful ambience. Um, we need to just you know, do all of those things to make ourselves a premium brand as opposed to uh, be bulk billing and working out of somebody else's um, very busy GP clinic. I just think it goes against our brand and until we get our branding right, it's going to be very difficult for us to sell our services properly. And just on that, are you saying that our price should reflect our service and I suppose we should be showing that with pride as opposed to just trying to match up with other competitors um, or dropping our prices to beat other health professionals that are providing yeah. dietary advice? Very much so. Um, and I've found that the more that I've put up my prices, the busier my clinics get because the more people actually want to see me because they come and see me as an expert. Um, it actually builds confidence in people. Uh, like it actually builds confidence in my clients um, when, they, when I give them an expensive price. Um, and now I know that it's quite controversial for people who do live and work in those lower socioeconomic areas. Um, and, you know, I, I certainly don't want to discriminate. I know that people who are of a lower socioeconomic status um, often need the help of a dietitian, but that's where we do have community health centres 
Um, and, and I know that they are often very busy you know, and booked, you know, flat. Um, but, yeah, I just think that, it, that, you know, maybe we have some dietitians who work in those areas or what have you, but I think as a profession, our whole brand needs to be that premium brand. And so I think most dietitians need to be charging more. And it's amazing even, you know, it, it's amazing how often even people from low socioeconomic status um, still have um, still spend a lot of money on the things that are important to them, um, whether it's an overseas holiday or a um, or a large plasma screen TV. Now, again, I know that's controversial, and I know that that's not the case for everybody with low socioeconomic status. Um, you know, I personally I work as a foster carer, so I spend a lot of time with people from low socioeconomic status. Um, areas as well and, and that's why I, I do my public hospital work as well because in the public hospital that's where I see my low status clients are the people who can't afford to see me privately I can see them publicly um, but I just think that as a profession for us to differentiate ourselves but that's from my experience with marketing that um, it seems to me like it might be a very good way to, for us to move forward as a profession. So, Melanie, can you tell us a little bit about what you've got going on in the media world at the moment? Yeah, so um, what I'm doing at the moment, I'm trying to work on two separate brands. Um, one is Nutrition Plus and really trying to grow that as a business. Um, and then secondly, it's my own personal brand. Um, and so my, my personal goal at the moment is to uh, try and I'm trying to build up both of those businesses independently um, so that I can try and work a little bit less and uh, I'd actually like to try and do some more foster care, um, which is something that I really enjoy personally. And so with, the, uh, with my own personal brand, um, that's where I do a lot of uh, consulting to industry and media and um yeah, and things like that. So it's a lot of fun. And, and I guess part of that for me is that I believe that uh, that there's a lot of opportunities for dietitians. And uh, and I guess part of the reason I became a dietitian was that even back um, then a couple of decades ago, I was really frustrated at how much information there was out in the media, um, people saying things that they shouldn't be saying. And uh, and so I really wanted to counteract that and uh, it seems to be getting worse rather than better. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I really think that there's uh, an important role for dietitians to get out there and be giving evidence-based information. Um, and so I guess because I have done so much media work over the years, um, that's a, it puts me in a position to be able to continue to build on that and hopefully wave the flag for dietitians. That's great, Melanie, and you do such an amazing job. So I know that you provide nutrition resources to your followers through Melanie's uh, Nutrition and Wellbeing Network, and um, you're also on social media. So how do you stay up to date with the latest in nutrition research and nutrition news, and do you have any tips for the listeners on how they can do the same? Yeah, um, I actually find it really, really easy to stay up to date with the latest information uh, because, yeah, it just it continually comes to me. I think working in the media, it forces you to be up to date. So, um, so sometimes journalists will pitch me stories, 
but often I already know about them because part of my routine, part of my daily routine is that first thing in the morning is that I'll get onto uh, either onto Google Trends or um, onto Twitter or, or uh, some of those types of places um, that provide me with feeds and I just have a look at what the latest uh, research is over the last 24 hours and then I'll distribute that through my social media. Um, so and sending that, and then I'll also contact journalists and so forth if there's any topical issues that I think should be um, raised in the media that day. So it, I guess, yeah, it's really up to me to be driving it. And I also spend a lot of time um, going back to the evidence and having a look at new research papers that have just been put out and so forth. And I think that's really important for dietitians as well. So you're actually analysing the evidence yourself then? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I always find it interesting when I speak to dietitians who don't really spend a lot of time looking at research papers. I myself would look at research papers. I'd be yeah, I'd be reading new research papers every day. Yes, and critiquing them. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, Melanie, do you have any secrets on how you manage to juggle? all of your various roles, so running a business, doing all of your media-related activities and also your board member responsibilities and then as well as working in the hospital? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, people often say to me, oh, Melanie, you do so many things. Um, and I have considered about whether I should give some of them up or not, but the thing is that they all actually feed into each other and they all work really well together as a whole. So, for example... Um, working in my practice seeing clients um, or in the public hospital gives me that practical experience that means that uh, the media really like to hear from me because they know I'm giving that real day-to-day practical information as opposed to just talking about research. Um, And then vice versa, the media then feeds back into my practice. So my clients are always really proud to see me uh, in the media. my work on the board, for example, I find that really beneficial because that helps to uh, helps me not, like knowing how to run a board helps me with my business, and vice versa. What I've learnt through running a business helps me with my board work. So you know, everything really fits together in a in a lovely balance. Um, I guess the most important thing, though, is that you like I could never ever do all of this by myself. The only reason why I can do so much variety is because I've got a great team. And so that's what makes the difference. It's uh, working with people who can who bring their skills along. So, for example, um, with social media, yes, I do a lot of the social media, but I also have uh, people who help me with that. Um, same thing with a board. You know, you're not the only person on the board. There's other people there who are who you're working with. And so, again, all of these things work together. That's really fantastic to hear, Melanie. So if you could change one thing in the nutrition industry, what would you change to get people to eat more nutritious food? Um, I would like to see every woman who falls pregnant going to see a dietitian uh, and learning about what she should be eating during her pregnancy because I really believe that uh, what a woman eats during pregnancy um, and how much weight she gains during pregnancy has a 
just a, such an important impact on uh, her baby and even on the next generation because it really impacts the epigenetics of, of her child. Um, there's so much research behind that now, but that message isn't really out there yet. And uh, it's interesting, you know, there are a lot of um, businesses that are very, very interested in fertility and pregnancy now on the back of this research. And I'm actually just a bit concerned that dietitians um, are going to miss this opportunity. So I would really love to see dietitians out there um, really pushing this area, doing research in this area, setting up clinics on this topic uh, and, and really being the go-to person. And I understand that you have your book, The Pregnancy Weight Plan. So is that a collation of your work in that area as well? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I did put that together because of the fact that uh, I couldn't find anything else like it on the topic. And it's, it's really a guide that I actually use with a lot of my clients because it goes through and gives them um, tangible meal plans that they can use or can be adapted uh, for every stage of the journey. So uh, for before pregnancy, while they're trying to fall pregnant, first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, and then post-pregnancy. Um, and it goes through with exercise plans and eating plans and, uh, and helps them to calculate um, how much weight they should be gaining throughout their pregnancy based on their conception BMI and things like that. It's a really uh, tangible little handbook. Um, and, yeah, if anybody wants a copy, they're welcome to contact me. I'd be happy to send them a free copy if they'd like to um, have a look at it and use it with their clients and so forth. Um, but, yeah, I I just think it's such an important area. So I'd love to see more dietitians getting into it. Yeah, thanks, Melanie. Now, what are some of your top tips for other dietitians who want to follow in your footsteps, whether it be uh, getting involved in media-related activities or director of a company or other responsibilities like board members of an association? Um, Well, I think one of the things that I've learned, I was telling this to... um, to one of the girls that works with me the other day is that I think we've all got our own unique strengths and and that we should really be working in the area of what our strengths are. Um, And she was asking me about when did I know uh, that I was going to have a private practice. And I said, well, to be honest, I think I always knew, like even when I was a school student, I was always the one who was uh, organising (laughs) <laughs> just everything, organising the activities, organising charity days and uh, I was school captain. I've always liked kind of organising people and... Obviously and so being a leader. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and I, I love inspiring people. Um, that's what really gets me passionate. I'm not a very good detailed person. Um, I'm hopeless with technology as you have learned today. Oh, um, no, not at and, all. And... Yeah, and so I think it's about finding out what your strengths are and then working in the areas of your strengths rather than wasting too much time in areas that you're not strong in. So I think that's a really important thing. And I always try and get the dietitians that come onto our team to do lots of personality profiling and things like that so that they can work out quite early on what their strengths and passions are um, and then put their time and energy into those. That's so wonderful to hear, Melanie. And you certainly do inspire a lot of people around you. 
So unfortunately, we are out of time. I would like to say thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today and share with us all of the wonderful work that you are doing. It was also fantastic to hear about your passion and mission for raising the profile of dietitians. So once again, thank you so much. It is very much appreciated. Well, thank you so much for having me, Kate. And um, as Kate said, uh, I am really passionate about seeing the brand of dietetics grow. And so I guess I'd just like to say that if anybody does have any questions or just want to talk through anything, um, absolutely please feel free to contact me because uh, I'd love to help in any way that I can. And we'll also have the link to Melanie's book and website as well as a few extra resources available on our show notes so that will be at dietitianconnection.com slash podcasts and i'd also like to say thank you to all of our dedicated listeners for tuning in today I hope you enjoyed the episode and that it was able to provide value to you. And if you did, it would be much appreciated if you could leave a review for us and also pass this podcast on to your colleagues and friends. And also don't forget to subscribe to the Dietitian Connection podcast so that you can automatically get the new episode each week. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time for another great episode of the Dietitian Connection podcast.